raising private capital is one of the most important things to real estate investors' success. And it's one of those things that ends up holding so many of us back. Well, in this episode, we're going to get deep into it with Corey Peterson of Kahuna Investments, who has raised millions and millions of dollars for multifamily deals. And we walk through a step-by-step process that you can apply within your own business to take yourself from having no private capital available to you to attracting millions and millions of dollars. You're not going to want to miss it. Let's jump into this episode. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am very excited today. I have Corey Peterson in the studio. How are you doing today, Corey? Man, I am doing amazingly well. I got a that really is- great, cool haircut right now. <laughs> that is what I like to hear. A lot of people have cool haircuts. You know, we're in the middle of COVID times, but we're going to dive deep into a subject that I think all of you guys are going to be excited about raising capital. And as you know, Corey is the owner of Kahuna Investments, where he manages and acquires, has acquired over 95 million in real estate across the country. Of course, he's a best-selling author of the book, Copy Your Way to Success, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants and host of the Multifamily Legacy Podcast, which I highly recommend you guys check out. He speaks around the country on subjects of multifamily and capital. You know, you can find him in places like Harvard, NASDAQ, Fox, CNBC, ABC, NBC, across the board, tons of places. So we're going to dive really deep into one of his specialties, raising capital and doing it in a really effective way. Are you ready to get anything, Corey? Man, I'm ready, brother. That's what I like to hear. So why don't we start out by taking a look back earlier in your life? What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Man, you know, I grew up like probably a lot of people listening to this podcast, broke and wanting to make money. I was actually a used car salesman, you know, and that kind of used car salesman. But I read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and and it actually changed my life. And so I went on a journey in real estate. And the quick story is I started off as a wholesaler. And the reason it was was because I had no money, no credit, but I was a hustler. I could find deals. So I did that for a while. And then I actually stumbled upon my greatest gift that I now possess, which is my ability to raise private money. Because back in 2008 and 2009, banks weren't lending. So you had to use private money. And I got really good at getting lots of it and to attract it. And I learned that because I I actually graduated from the car dealership and and they told me if I could pass a test, I could be a financial advisor. So I was was actually a Series 7, Series 66 licensed advisor. And uh, when the market crashed, I soon left that business. And so I used those skill sets to help me raise lots of private money. Um, And then when the market changed in uh, 2011-ish, where it was harder and harder to find single family deals, I transitioned to multifamily and I've never looked back. Yeah. What a great time to be transitioning and uh, what a great time to be able to raise capital. And I think, you know, no matter what kind of market we're heading into, having the skill set and the ability to raise private capital is one that's going to put you ahead of many other investors, but especially when we're heading into a time of crisis. So I'd love to really dive deep into this subject. And really, if you're willing to opening up the kimono, as they say, and just sharing some of those real strategies that you use, because you're known as one of the people who 
not only can offer amazing investment deals to your investors, but you happen to raise that money for a very affordable or a cheap price. You know, yeah. and so I'd I'd love to really dive into you know how do you go about doing that, and how does somebody who's just getting started investing need to start reshaping the way they think about raising capital? Well, just like my book says, copy your way to success. Everything that I'm teaching you now, I've learned from somebody else. Okay, but I just put it into practice. So really, to learn how to raise private money, actually, I fall back on what Edward Jones taught me. I was I worked for Edward Jones, the company. And really, they taught me all about money. And so let's think about money for just a quick minute. Where do most people invest, okay? So if there's different ponds to fish in for investors, and different investors have different expectations, there's your smart money. What I call smart money is Wall Street money, big REITs, big capital. In other words, the guys that have money and know they have money. Okay, that group or that pond is very expensive, yet they can make it rain quickly. So that's a tranche of money that you that you could look to and say, hey, if I got a deal, that makes sense. I, on the other hand, said, man, I don't want to because that money usually comes at a price. And usually it comes with a price of giving up control. See, money makes the rules most of the times. Right, the money. That's like if you go some get a private, the hard money lenders telling you what the rules are, and I'm always I break out of the mold. I, I hate conformity. I hate playing by the rules of other people. I wanted to create my own rules, and so then I started looking at: Is there any other ponds of money out there that are not expecting twenty percent plus rate of returns like that smart money? What I realized as when I look back at my financial advisor career. People that are in the stock market do not want as much return. They're actually settling for a lot less. As a financial advisor, I was trained to, you know, when I was looking at someone's portfolio and, and you know, looking at their whole thing, and, and I wanted to diversify them, we're telling them if they can get 6 to 8%, they are winning. That's a solid return. And that's the expectation as a financial advisor that I'm setting for my client across the table. So six to 8% money, that's pretty cheap, right? That's what most people are getting that are in mutual funds, stock bonds, mutual funds, all that jazz. And because that's what their brokers telling them this. Now you got to understand too, the, the mindset of a broker or, you know, someone selling these investments why don't they say 12% or more? Because it's very hard to hit. And if, if they don't hit it, the money leaves the house, which is the worst thing that can happen if you're a financial advisor, is money leaving the house. Everybody wants what's called their 12B1 fees. And so when I look at that pond of people that are expecting six to eight, and what I've taught is uh, in my investments that we usually make when we make our PPMs, we do a total of return of 12%. We pay them usually a 6% PREF and 6% on the back end upon the sale or you know, disposition annualized for the amount of time they've kept the deal. So we call it six and six, which is 12% total return. But if you're at that six and 8% in mutual funds, 12% is like winning the lottery. Yet, 
if I was to throw 12% to that other pond of smart money, they'll laugh at me and say, ha ha, good luck, right? You can never do that. We'll never take it. And so I just chose to fish in the right pond of people that are in the stock market. And guess what? There's trillions upon trillions, and I just went to half, by the way, in the last, you know, what's happened with the market, right? All that money is now divided by two almost. Hopefully it comes back. But people are looking for alternatives to the stock market. And that, my friend, is really what I've decided to do is through our apartment investing, we provide some solutions that a lot of people are looking for. So the first, the first thing that we provide is income. I always believe that no matter what, when you're selling your investment, your PPM for your apartments, what you're selling first is the first thing I think that most people are looking for in that retirement phase of their lives. Because most of my investors are a little bit older, right? They've saved up some money, but they're really looking for an income stream. So you want to be selling an income stream to your investors. And so we provide a 6% PREF. That's what our PREF means is before we get any money, we give you a PREF and we pay it quarterly. So now let's break this down. If you got a 6% PREF and you got, and you give us $100,000, that's really $1,500 every quarter. Okay. Now that doesn't seem like a lot of money, but it does when you put it on the other end to the investor that was in like, when someone's in retirement, do you think they're looking at six to eight or probably a lot less? Because most of the time when they, when they switch to closer to retirement, most of their money is not now in the stock market because people are scared and their worst fear is running out of what? Money. Money. Yeah. No one wants to run out of money. And so, but they need a paycheck and what, the market is really not good at doing is providing consistent paychecks to people. So we solved that by selling income first. And so if you can, uh, when you look at your deal and you can start providing a consistent paycheck every quarter to your investors that they depend on, see people can budget on a quarterly payment, you know, and especially at 6%. So if I was to ask you, Hey, what investment out there in the stock market can you get that pays 6% and pays every quarter? You know, what, what investment is that? I'm telling you, it is hard and probably almost damn near impossible to find. And so I sell just that and really I sell it hard. And then I say, but guess what? There's more. There's really more because we're paying you a 6% pref based on the profit of the deal. So, you know, apartments are truly like factories. They take in rent checks each and every month. It goes to their factory, goes through the grinding process of paying all the bills and all the things to upkeep the property. And it spits out profit out the back door. It's that profit that we then give back to the investors. But guess what? Tenants expect rents to go up. And honestly, we never disappoint them. Okay. So we're always raising the rents. Even if it's like $10, $10 or $15, you know, every year, every lease renewal, we're going to start raising the rents. As we raise the rents, we create more income, which makes our property more valuable. And when we do this, our value goes up. Then we sell it five years down the road. Now we've created another windfall of money to give back to our investors. 
And that's another, that other 6% that, that's annualized. And so for them, that's like icing on the cake. Because what they really count on, honestly, is the paycheck. The paycheck's what they want the most. Anything else in their mind truly is extra, right? So when you can give people a 12% return like that and you, and you set it up in a way that they can understand and then you fish in the right pond, dude, it leads to a lot of success. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's so different from what we hear a lot of the investors talk about out here in the real estate space, because they're fishing in ponds full of of the smart money or full of the, the Wall Street people or the other real estate investors. Or anybody expecting. that's in real estate. Yes. Yeah. So the worst place you could ever go is to an apartment convention or real estate convention or anything that says real estate. Listen, that's where all the sharks are at. Okay. That's where all that smart money hangs out. Now, listen, how about going to a dentist convention or a chiropractic convention and having one of your chiropractic buddies take you along as a guest and then sit amongst a bunch of chiropractors that are got full-fledged businesses and they're probably, a lot of them are invested in the stock market and a lot of them want to do real estate, but they don't have the time or the education or the experience to do it, but they can do it vicariously through people like us. And so that's where we provide an alternative to the stock market. And we do it in a, a product that a lot of people really truly want, which is real estate. And because we're doing PPMs, we give them the value of ownership so they get depreciation. Like that's the creme de creme. Like if we yeah. can show them how to make income and not have to pay taxes on it, Dude, you just you're hitting home runs now. Yeah, huge benefit for a population of people who aren't really aware of it. You know, I've spent a lot of time, I've dated a doctor, I've spent a lot of time around her friends, and it was amazing to me that some folks within that community really never learned about what it is that is going on out here in real estate or in business or all these tax benefits. And so when you can bring that to somebody, you're bringing an extremely valuable valuable offer or opportunity. So, okay, We've got a different offer that you're talking about, and that's kind of one piece of this capital raising puzzle. You're talking about a different pond. You're essentially talking about going out and meeting with people outside of these, you know, the real estate space. How else are you recommending people go and fish? And what are some other examples of ponds that people could be fishing in to build those relationships with people who have those different types of expectations? Yeah, so this all comes down to where do you spend your time? So I believe, so as a financial advisor, when I was a financial advisor, my job was to go find capital and go hang out in places where capital is at. That's, what, that's really what we're talking about, is being in the right place. So where are those right places? Okay, so here's, here's where they are. First of all, you want to, your chamber of commerce. You should be a member of your local chamber of commerce. If there's a bigger city right next to you, go to that chamber of commerce too and show up. Show up and be a part and just tell your story. Tell your sizzle of what you do and tell it over and over enough. And eventually people, once you've been there for about a year or so, I know that sounds like a long play, but it is because that's it's the relationship game. Once you get some people to invest with you and you start showing them their paychecks, listen, it goes like wildfire. So there's Chamber of Commerce. Then I believe in charity right? Or organizations. So like, I'm a, I'm a Rotarian. I, I go to my Rotary Club. I can't tell you. Now, I don't go to Rotary for money. 
I go to Rotary because I love what they stand for and what they do and, and their whole motto. But because of it, I mean, I've got so many Rotarians that give me money. It's scary because they know, like, and trust me. I had the one guy gave me money. He goes, because I only had like one call talk with him. He was a guest at our deal and we talked about what we did. And he's like, man, I, I need to talk with somebody like you. We had one more, one more meeting and he gave me a hundred thousand dollars right on the spot. He goes, because you're a Rotarian. I know I can trust you. Like, that's crazy. But that's, yeah, I think I got a podcast episode on, on what he did. His name's Dick Knotts. It was great. But those things happen all the time. I love charities. Being on um, like a gala or a committee. And when you're in those little types of groups, don't just show up on the day. Show up and get involved. In other words, if there's a board, you want to be on the board. Right? Why? Because the people that really get things done are on the board. And if you're on the board, you're getting way more like, so I'll give you an example. Friends of Mercy Hospital has a outreach called Friends of Mercy. That's their philanthropy arm. And guess what Friends of Mercy has? A list of donors that they raise money for. Now, who wants to be on the, on that part of calling donors and getting to know and, and helping the foundation raise money? Corey does. Because I just already know the more and more I give and I help and I help this foundation, I'm getting to meet some solid people that donate real money to because of this cause. That's not why I do it. I do it because I love what it, what it does, right? But the effects of what it does is tenfold, man. Like, it really is. It's crazy. But, like, that's the friends and family way. That's the only way I've ever learned how to do it. And I don't know how to go market and um, sell and create a, a whiz-bang thing. But I can go out and network like crazy. And locally, you can, you can create a freaking powerhouse in your local community where they'll fund all, all the deals you have across the country. It really sounds like it's all about building really good relationships, finding out where you'd want to spend your time doing amazing things already and doing an authentic way. And naturally through those conversations, when you're using the right kind of uh, sizzle pitch or, you know, yeah, your language. elevator pitch yeah. and you're talking about what you're doing, naturally people are going to be attracted to that who are going to be the right fit. And eventually they'll invest. Tell me it more. Yep. Like, it sounds like you really have to be patient because it's going to take some serious time before you're going to get people on board kind well, of with this kind of process. Yes and no. Because like, listen, I raised a million dollars like in a month. So whatever. I mean, it doesn't take time. It just takes work. Right. So you can get out and like if you spent 40 hours a week getting busy and networking I'm telling you, and setting appointments when people say, man, that sounds right. How do you do that? I'll be like, great, John, listen, this ain't the right place to like give you my whole deal, like what we do, but like, let's go have coffee next week and I'll schedule, schedule an appointment right there. Boom. Now I've got appointments. I'm still networking and I'm just filling up my calendar with the right people. And if you do that in massive action within six months, you, you'll have lots of lots of money waiting for you to find, give them a deal. Like it doesn't take long. And people think that, oh, that's a long, long play. Like it's just part of just doing what you do. And then the benefits of when you start getting them checked, when you actually put them in the deal, here's one of the best things I've ever done is, so we pay our investors every quarter. So guess who usually, and it's not always me now, but one of somebody from my team on payday, on that week that we're supposed to pay them, we all call, we call our investors, ask them how things are doing, and then really 
who do you know that we should know? Asking for the referral, doing it consistently, making sure as you're taking care of people in the early process, hey, John, and I just want to let you know because you are special in the way we do things because we're trying to earn your future referral. Like we're, we're saying those words before they're actually an investor client with us. We're already planting seeds to let them know that their job is not just to give us their money, but to actively give us all their friends. And so it just helps percolate and there's a snowball. Starts off a little slow, but it gets pretty big pretty quick. Yeah. So you have patience at the beginning, you go out, you do this natural thing, you put the time, effort, energy into building those relationships, and then you start to see those results. So talk to me a little bit about some of the messaging that you use first, if you wouldn't mind sharing, what is that elevator pitch that you usually share yourself? And then what are some of the other kind of little nuggets that you use that you kind of use to kind of set folks up for future conversations as you're going? So the elevator pitch is really simply like, hey, the first question is, Corey, what do you do? When someone says, when you meet someone new and they say, hey, what do you do? Well, if you say you're in real estate, wrong answer, okay? Because they're going to look at you and say, so you're a realtor? And they're going to look at you kind of weird and I'm like, are you okay? Right? So we don't want to be realtors. So a better way to say it is, Corey, what do you do? You know, I buy apartments across the country that provide my investors with a, a solid return and a nice back end. How's the market treating you? Now, the most important part of that whole thing that I just said is the last question, which was, how's the market treating you? Because as soon as they answer it, what are we doing? We're talking about what? Money, right? And that's the conversation that I want to have. And it doesn't matter what they say. If I say, hey, how's the market treating you? Oh, the market's great. Or, man, I just got, you know, this whole COVID thing is just taking me out. Really, so what are you investing in, right? Whatever, you know. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of my investors right now are so thankful that they're uh, in my apartment deals. Oh, really? How does that work? Well, listen, you know, you know, here's kind of what you, you kind of give little pieces of, you know, we buy apartments all across the country that provide our investors with solid returns. And after they've asked maybe two or three questions of kind of, because we're actually still regulated by the SEC. You can't just give out all your deals and your returns and things like that. So the next step is to set the appointment. So being able to answer what they do, you know, you can also tell it in a story. I love telling stories because stories are more funner now, but it sounds really weird at first. People say, Corey, what do you do? Man, I help people like Nancy. Okay. Nancy was a retired woman um, with her and her husband and they were doing great. But all of a sudden her husband passed away in the middle of the night. And what's really bad is that he was working and she needed the income. They had some money saved up, but she was in a really hard spot of not only did she have to bury her husband that she's been married to for 30 something years, but she was worried about money. And, but luckily Nancy knew me and I was able to show her how I could put her money into these apartment investing and provide her an income stream that would well outpace what she was doing in the stock market. That's what I do. I buy apartments across the country that provide my investors with a solid return and a nice back end. And I truly help people like Nancy. How's the market treating you? I mean, I'm ready to, to dive in right now and just take advantage of some of that nice back end. I mean, there's so many nice little pieces to that. And I hope all the listeners here can really see how each piece of the elevator statement really sets up the next piece, right? Yeah. You've pre 
prepared them to understand what are these different pieces of how this works. And when you explain it, it all starts making a lot more sense. So as they start making more questions, right? So usually they're gonna, you're going to peak their interest because you don't want to throw up on them. You're going to either peak their interest and going to have a couple more questions. And when they do, that's when you do the Heisman, okay? You've got to do the Heisman. You cannot vomit on capital. You've got to pull away and say, hey, listen, sounds like you're kind of interested. Let's do this. Can we be intentional? I always ask it like that. Do you mind if we be intentional? Let's go ahead. Can we just set an appointment like next week and do some coffee? And then I, I would love to share with you in detail kind of what our process looks like and what we do. How's that sound? And they all say, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Great. You know, with technology today, you got your phone, go to your app. And, you know, what part of town do you live in? And just have some part, parts in your town where you know you have your little, you know, like I use Panera Bread. And I know, like, there's different Panera Breads all across my city that I, where I know we're going to go have an appointment. And I'll find out what part of town they live in, then I know what Panera Bread to, to use. And we set it up. Um, or I make them come to me. Sometimes I make them come to me. Sometimes I, you, sometimes you, just, you have to do that. Like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, and, like, you got to come meet me at my Panera. Right. Yeah. Or they got to meet, meet you at the office, but pe the right people will always do it. And from there, you know, and then what do you bring at that? So when you go to that appointment, so we went from what do you do to man, I want to know more to set, to set an appointment to now we're going on an appointment. Well, what do we bring to the appointment? Okay. You're going to bring a cred kit, what I call a credibility kit that talks about what you do, who you are, and, you know, basically why apartments and your story about apartments. And it should be like you have a system of how you find deals, how you select deals, how you operate deals, and how you sell them, right? There's like four major components to that. You wanna be able to explain that in detail. And at the end of that conversation, the close, the close is, would you like to learn more? Because they're gonna ask you, well, what kind of returns do you pay? Because I've not said anything about returns or deal at this point. I'm just selling my sizzle and, and our process. At this point, they're going to say, hey, well, you know, what kind of return are we talking about? Well, listen, the next step is for you to complete, and I make sure I have it, an accredited investor questionnaire, and you need to fill it out, and let's go over it and have a discussion about your suitability. And so then I just, I just um, uh, created my 506B, you know, substantive relationship, Right. So now I can sell, you know, it's, I have a pre-existing subsidiary. So I can, any new deal that I come up, now I can, I can have them be a part of. Yeah. And this is so smart, you guys. I hope you can see how, how Corey's really separated it out. He's not having this conversation the exact second he meets them. He's planting a seed and then he's moving from that into setting an appointment. And on the appointment, he's then walking them through the process, educating them on some of the value of what he's offering, but he still hasn't made the pitch yet. He still hasn't given them the number. And it, for all of you guys who are in single family, when we're going out and we're wholesaling, and if we give somebody the number on the phone, we might not ever have that appointment. When we have the opportunity to sit down with somebody, get face-to-face -face with them, build that rapport, build that understanding, really get to know their situation, then we can really be in a great spot to be able to actually deliver to that person because they're in the right mental state to believe whatever we have to say. And so it sounds like that's essentially what you're doing. And what happens after that? Well, once we have, uh, we call that, you know, now you're an active investor waiting to invest. So once we have that sign, we're like, listen, John, um, you know, typically, you know, we do two or three projects a year. 
Um, you know, and right now we probably don't have any, or, or maybe we do. And if we do have one, you can't be a part of that one, but you part of the next one. So, you know, I need, we're going to, we're going to communicate with you within the next 90 days. We'll communicate pretty regularly, but when we do uh, look to invest, you know, we're going to ask for here's, you know, we're going to give them the whole next step of here's what we're going to provide. Here's what you're going to see. Here's what you're going to do. Really just kind of keep that lines of communication and nurture him why we're still trying to find our next deal. That makes sense. So even up until this point, you're not sharing the information of what an expected return is until, until what that next deal oh, comes well, out or you investor, then we probably will then at, at that same appointment at once he signed the credit investor, we're kind of done. Right. Then, you know, I might have a sample packet of a previous deal that's done and closed. Right. I mean, I will have my an, a deal that's closed that that's, already done and say here's an example of what you're going to get when we have a deal right so it's a it's an old prospectus based or, or a, a deal deal packet pitch deck of a deal that's no longer um that we're no longer raising money that we've already completed and so you can do that you can go ahead and, and talk about the whole steps of that deal and, and say you know and pretty much most of our deals kind of look like this and it's presented to you in this format and then usually I'll, my, my last closing question at that point is, you know, just so we can have an understanding of what you're looking to do, um, you know, how much money are you, are you looking to put in type of the, one of these types of investments? You know, are you wanting to be like um, most of our investors and put the minimum of 100000 or were you thinking more? So then I get his temperature of what he really wants to do. So that's the face-to-face -face version of meeting people. But we still have an online version of that same process as well because you have to. And so how we normally do that is you got to have a free giveaway. So we create either a book, um, like I've got books, or but you can create a free report or someone opts into your free report and then you provide value, value, value. <coughs> And then you transition into um, getting to our deal room or the Kahuna deal room. For us, it's the Kahuna deal room, right? They click that and they click a button. It comes up with five, quest five questions. Um, they answer those questions. It then goes to schedule you a one-on-one -on -one via Zoom where we're having, and this is like having an appointment of that first appointment. And then we get to know that person. We're having them have questions. They've, they've already received a bunch of emails from us, right? I can show that we have a relationship forming a building and then when we have that first that real interaction on a zoom call um, and then that gets um, recorded and time stamped into their contact record and then um, from that conversation we say great then I say oh, we're gonna send them a, an accredited investor via DocuSign right so we use DocuSign um, through our CRM so we use um, Infusionsoft or Confusionsoft however you want to want to say, but it has, it <laughs> integrates, there's a, an app called uh, Parsi. You can use Parsi to hook up um, to DocuSign. Now this is way cool because it'll take that contract, right? We just hit a button and hit save and then it automatically takes, it sends all the information to Parsi. Parsi gets uh, that contact record, um, then uh, populates it uh, DocuSign to have their name and all the stuff that it needs to be pre-filled out, sends it to them, and then we know when they opened it, when they viewed it, when they completed it. Once it gets completed and they fully sign it, it then gets saved <coughs> Excuse me, into Infusionsoft. There's a little box called Filebox that it timestamps it. So then we can say, hey, here's when we sent it. 
Here they filled it out. Now it's saved in our contact record again. So we're, we're always looking to make sure that we are raising money the correct way. And if we ever get audited by the SEC, we want to be able to show that we have spent time making a pre-existing substantive relationship. And that really is the game. What an awesome process. You guys can see how when you just take this from beginning to end and you commit yourself, you can really build a heck of a business because what Corey's sharing is not that complex. It's not that complicated. It's simple, but it's not necessarily easy, but it's something that you guys can definitely do. So as we close out the conversation right here on Raising Capital, Corey, is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Man, I'll just tell you that um, out of all the things that I could have done, and, and when I look at investors that have started at the same time that I did. And the reason I have a lot more zeros in my net worth is because I took the time to master one thing when that's raising private money, raising private money has allowed me to live a life that I could have never dreamed of. And, and the, you know, with apartments getting cash flow a month that shows up time and time again for work that I did one time is the most awesome thing in the world. And it's, it's sexy for lack of a better term. And it's changed my life and I think it would change yours. That's amazing. Well, I've got a couple questions left, Corey, and then we'll wrap up this episode here. So tell us, how would you define success and what is success to you? Success in my terms is having time and money, right? Um, and really more so the time. Um, in, my, in, my, in my humble opinion, like, listen, once you get to a point where you're making enough money, money is no longer an objective, right? It's, it's no longer important. Um, but a term that I use, I call it supplier of fun. Supplier of fun is my new objective. I want to be able to enrich as many people as possible. And to me, that's what success looks like. That's beautiful. And I know you're doing that for so many people. So what are some of your keystone habits, the things you do on a daily or weekly basis that have led to some of this success? Um, date my wife. <laughs> Hate my wife, uh, listen to her a lot, um, you know, and be there for my kids, believe it or not. So being a better father, being a better uh, husband, um, all those things leads me to be a better businessman because I've always put my family first and then I got to put my business in the cracks. That's the only way it's worked for me. And so when you do those things, you always know that the right thing is being the right thing. And listen, there's times where it wasn't for me. And so um, now that, that is my, my biggest, if there's something I do well, I think it's being a dad. I love that. That's everything awesome. Falls so in place. Yeah, everything just falls the way it should. And we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. Corey, tell us what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now? Uh, Richest Man in Babylon. A tenth of everything I make is mine to keep. I love that, I love that book. Um, it's really about how to become a master of money. Oh, that's great. From inspiration, what impacts have mentors made in your life and how do you recommend others go and find great mentors? Mentors are the key. That's what, my book's called Copy Your Way to Success for a reason. I've, I've never been the guy that's been able to figure stuff out. I've always been able to copy well, really well. In fact, I copy so good that um, it's, it's, it's crazy, but like that's the key is not to try to change the sauce until you've mastered it and did it like 10,000 times. Then you can change the recipe a little bit. Um, and how do you go find, uh, find mentors is you've got to ask for help. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help. And then when you ask for that help, they'll be willing to give whoever you're asking everything, right? 
make add value to them and, and you'll get the help you need most of the times. I love that. And finishing on this purpose, what drives you to live your best life every day? Um, what drives me now is different than what I drive when I first started. What, when I first started, I was just, what drove me was trying to pay my bills, right? And get, get the, an income stream going to like cover everything and have some money left over. That was a real drive. And for a lot of people, that, that is the drive. But once that changes and you got your kind of monthly uh, done, you've got to find a new vision. And for me, um, I told you earlier, it is supplier of fun. It is being able to um, live a life where I have a big, what I call FU meter, right? Um, which means like, no, I don't want to do it. You know, I don't have to go do this. I don't have to do that. I think having the ability to say no a lot e equals success. Oh, I love that. Well, this has been an awesome interview and thank you for sharing some of those strategies with us, you know, and really just opening up about some of these things that have made you so successful. So where can other people find out more about you or get in touch? Yeah, two places. Um, first, Multifamily Legacy Podcast. That's uh, where we teach about apartment investing. It's a great podcast. We, we really tell the truth, on, uh, the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, and then truly Kahuna Wealth Builders is our education platform. And the last thing is if you're looking for a really good book to read, it's on audio, audio books or you can get it in uh, just a regular the book, but um, copy your way to success. That book we just did, I just recorded on audio and I'm so proud of it. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. And I think it'll inspire you to be the best you you could ever be. I love that. And I'll leave you guys as I always do to live a life worth inspiring others. And you can do so today by applying some of what Corey taught us in your life and in your business. Thanks, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.